Do you have a reservation? What's the name? Oh, yes. Here you are. So glad you're here. I've been expecting you. I'm Tori Shira. But you already knew that, didn't you? Are you ready to fall in love with your direct sales business and purpose again? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Girl Boss Rehab. Hey, GBR family. I am thrilled to be here sitting in this seat and in front of this microphone. Uh, It is a pleasure and a privilege to get to be one of the voices that you hear each week. So thank you. Thank you for continuing to share the episodes on your social media sharing it just in a text to a friend saying, I think you need to hear this. Thank you for that. That is how more people will get to hear this episode and other episodes and find Girl Boss Rehab because there are so many, so many girl bosses that are hustling their little hearts out and they are missing out in what God has really called them for and called them too. And he's saying, you know, we need more women who have the passion to serve others and love on others, to be more fully present in their families, their marriages first, in their relationship with God. That's actually, that's first, and then families and marriages. I mean, if we're going to go in order, might as well. Okay, God first, marriage second, family third. Okay, those that's the hierarchy there. But we need more women who are in positions of business and leading successful organizations or wanting to lead a, you know, a very successful social selling team business and them to know that you don't have to work 60 hours a week or post on social media every single day. Where it is and the spot that is good is where God has got you. And hustle just wasn't working hard is different than what the hustle culture has become. So know that. But we just need more women to know that because I think there are a lot of families who are missing out on these godly mothers and godly wives because they think that this is everything. So, well, that's it. I've summed that up in three minutes, you guys, and have a great week. Kidding, 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 kidding. But if we broke it down, I think that's kind of a good place to start, don't you think? So send this to somebody that you love that needs to know that burnout is not something that you have to have. And it's not, you know, you don't have to do it the way that it's always been done or the way that it's taught, that God can have a path just for you. He does have a path just for you. And that's where he wants you to go. So, but this week, what I want to talk about is something that, you know, we, I think there may be a good mix, but I think 75% of us when social selling was introduced to us or network marketing, whatever you want to call it, direct sales. When that was introduced to us, we were introduced through the products, typically, right? 
And we became either a customer first or we started with, you know, whatever membership program that they had to get wholesale pricing. And that's great. That's great because you do want to, of something that you sell, you want to enjoy the products. You want to know that it's good and you feel like you don't want to just blindly recommend something, right? Or do you? Okay, hold that thought. I'll come back to that. So something that we don't typically I think maybe there's that 25% or even less than, probably less than, of people who come into our business specifically for the business opportunity, the income opportunity, right? And if they do, they've probably shopped around to see other comp plans or other products, what they like, what they don't like, probably have talked to their friends looked at ratings online or, you know, everybody's got that. But what they're probably looking at and seeing what others are saying about the company or the products, but that's more of a smaller group. So it's easier for us to share the product. It's easier for us to share the product that is making a difference for us. And it feels less salesy, I guess. I don't know why that that would be per se, because that's the true sale, right? The transaction is to sell a product. But why don't we talk more about the business opportunity with people, potentials, or those that we come across? Why, why is that? Is it because we don't believe in the income? Or is it because we don't believe in the opportunity itself? Or Do we feel like by offering that, that we have to have made so much money in it? So when I'm asking all these questions, why is it that you don't share the business opportunity more or the income opportunity more for your business? Why should you? I mean, a happy customer, that's great. And a happy customer turns in, you know, but not all the time. I mean, you have to kind of lead the horse to water, just drip, drip, drip. Oh, you want to get your products, you know. And, oh, don't you love your products? Why don't you share them with a friend? Or, you know, you share the shoes that you got at Target or the jeans you got at Target for a deal. Why wouldn't you share this with your friend? But then, too, like when you have somebody and you're talking to people about the business and what it could do for them financially, are are we not more confident in that? I mean, I mean, that's. That's cold hard cash, right? Like I can prove to you how much money I make. I mean, and I guarantee you most people don't, they would obviously want, want to make thousands of extra dollars a month. But I guarantee you 95% of them, it would make a huge difference if they brought anywhere from two to $500 a month in it, right? Like, or if that product is something that they already buy, why wouldn't, you know, but you could help them get that product paid for. That would affect their bottom line each month and their budget, right? So my question is, actually, it's not a question. My statement, what I want to talk about today is that we have to quit deciding if an opportunity is for someone for prejudging them and not bringing it up at all, or 
to quit deciding for them based on their previous experiences. Right? Okay, ladies, let's just, you know, raise your hand wherever you're at and make the car next to you if you're driving or your children stare at you looking, going, what is mom doing? Raise your hand if you know somebody that has done another network marketing company and quit. If you're not raising your hand, then when is the last time you've talked to friends? Because haven't we all? I mean, that's where the the infamous tagline on every social media post is, I'm looking for extra money, but no MLMs, please. That drives us all batty, right? Like, okay, well, then you're not really looking at all opportunities, but okay, that's you. Those people that have done it, and they've quit, okay? And there's a difference between getting quit and lost. So go back to that episode if you need it. But what have you not talked to them about the income option? I mean, if you are legit making money in your business, this is not, this is not a, I am making, you know, after I take all the, the you know, like I sold a $500 party, but I got to take 40% or 50% out because I got to pay for the product. Like, no, 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 no. If you are, and then you got to do the whole, the gift to the, the person who organized the party and all that. And then all of a sudden, you know, like that balance just keeps going down. But if you are legit making money in your business, why are you not talking about it? I mean, if we're honest, like money makes everybody feel weird and awkward. And when you start to know how much people make or what they don't make and my loving husband, when we're talking about other ranks in our company, and he goes, so why is she more successful than you? I love you. I love you. We're, God, could y'all, could you let him on that conference call of what you have planned for me? Because er, there. But why are you not talking about it to them? Because you're already assuming, you've written a story in your head. And that, no, they've done that or they don't want to do it again. They don't want to be. But like, why wouldn't you show them your paycheck and say, I mean, don't just whip out the paycheck. But like, hey, I know you've done network marketing before. But could I just have five minutes to show you maybe why this one is, you know, my company is different than the network marketing company that you did 10 years ago? or five years ago, or that you just sat down? Could I show you, potentially? And if you're totally burned out, I totally understand. But I would just hate for you to miss out on that income that you need, simply because one company screwed it up for you. Whoa. Or maybe you say, or maybe it's not that the company screwed it up for them, but like, hey, I'm sorry that that group of people screwed up, you know, made you think that because you're stepping away that you are worthless and that you're no longer a friend. I, I love you for who you are and we're friends no matter what. At the end of the day, I don't care if you sell, you know, if this ends up being something you want to do, like this is what I value. If I can help you make money for your family, great. If you end up deciding six months from now, no, or you just need it for six months and then you end up turning it off, awesome. Most important thing here between you, me and you is our friendship. Sometimes we have to say the words. Sometimes we have to be reminded. 
Because isn't it nice when somebody, I mean, we've all known people who have left network marketing companies and it is literally like a divorce, right? Like, oh, doctor. Huh? Why? Oh, well, because she's selling XYZ. Mm, She left for a different company. So what? Can we just agree that not one company has everything? I love my health and wellness company. I use those products. God has given me the gift recently where my husband is actually using the products. Praise the Lord, six years in, okay? Where he's like, okay, I'm not gonna take that stuff, but I'll take your stuff. What do you want me to do? Like, praise the Lord, it's taken six years. But can we agree that your company does not have everything that works for everybody? Or that that you don't have to use every single product line? I mean, I I worked for a cosmetic company or network marketing company, worked with, let me say it that way. I worked with a cosmetic and it was great and they had great products. But I could not wear the waterproof mascara. I hated it. I hated the waterproof mascara. And I like to wear waterproof mascara on my bottom lash line because... I get raccoon eyes. And so every single time, I'm like, okay, what do you guys do about the raccoon? Well, well, I just, I, you know, I end up using this or, but they would always suggest one. I'm like, I've tried that one. I've tried that, you know, oh, dust with translucent powder, then use it. Or, you know, did you spray the setting spray on top of that and stay? No, yes, I've tried everything. But not one of them would ever say, Hey, I know our company doesn't make the great waterproof mascara. They do a lot of things right, but not everything. So here's the mascara that I like. Uh, I would trust her a thousand times more. Would you? Wow. Sorry, that got really pitchy. I hope you turned that down or your dog didn't just go. But why? Why is that not okay? Why can't our products just be tools in the toolbox? You know, like, I need a screwdriver, but I also need a wrench and a hammer. And Black & Decker, y'all, I'm really stepping out of my wheelhouse here. Black & Decker makes a great hammer. But you know who makes the best screwdrivers? Ryobi. I'm pulling brands out of my, you know what. Yes, try all your products, but it doesn't mean you have to use all of them. It doesn't. It's a tool in your toolbox, okay? And that creates authenticity. And that creates transparency. And that creates real relationships and real connections. So why aren't you telling people about the income opportunity, about it being a tool in the toolbox? Quit trying to sell it like everybody's going to quit their day job or that it has to be you know, a six-figure income that everybody wants that. Not everybody wants that. There are some moms who love being a stay-at-home mom and wow, their husband makes enough money for that to happen. They are financially in that position. But you know what? She wants to make $250 a month just so she can play for her kid next year to be in club sports. Ask her that. Let this be a tool on the toolbox. Okay, but at the same time, 
If she goes, no, I really can't do that, then go, okay. What's the ways you know to make money? I'll tell you how I made some money recently. My husband went through our basement and all the toys and had all our girls go through stuff and say, what do you want to give away? What are stuff that we can get rid of? And then I put them in section of all the our generation stuff, girl doll stuff here, My Little Pony here, Paw Patrol here. And I sold those little big, huge collections. I didn't sell it individually because I'm not going to do that and have time for that. But I was like, all right, if you want the Argener, here you go. And I put it on Facebook Marketplace. That is how I made almost 500 bucks in the last two weeks. You know something else that I've done? I've also sold stuff on Poshmark. I've gone through our stuff and my husband's stuff. What shoes do you not want to wear? Da, 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 and sold things on Poshmark. And that's made money. So if you've done those things too, and your girlfriend has no interest in doing things like your network marketing company, then tell her something else. Help her sell stuff on Facebook Marketplace. Do you want to know what I listed things for on Facebook Marketplace or what groups I did? Let me show you how to do that. And then when you show her how to make that cash really fast, she's going to be more likely to believe you when you want to take her into your network marketing company. And we also have to quit deciding if an opportunity, let's say, let's say you're in the position where you've been with your company and the company starts to do things, you're like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to do that or not, or I don't think that that's the right move, or things are changing, okay? Or you're just like, I'm just not passionate about this stuff anymore. And you think that you're going to switch to a different company. One, you can, okay? That is totally allowed. You're absolutely allowed to do that. How many of us will put it out on Facebook like, hey, I'm looking for a new restaurant, you know, for date night and looking in this area, what do you suggest? How many have you have ever done that? Or how many of you have looked at reviews for either a product or a place, a hotel, something like that, but you've read the reviews? How many times are the reviews all 100%? This is amazing. Buy it or go here. Very rarely are they all 100% great. There's always one person or a group of people that did not like it, had a bad experience, or they were like, this is great. I have taken a recommendation from somebody to go to a restaurant for date night. We went. And I thought the food was awful. But my friend loved it. Does that mean the restaurant is automatically bad? No. It means I didn't like it. I didn't like it. That the experience wasn't for me. It wasn't my type of place. Okay. That's fine. That's why there's a thousand different restaurants. Different types of restaurants. Different coffee places. If we all like the same coffee, we'd all be at Starbucks. There are some people in this world that prefer McDonald's black coffee over Starbucks. I know. I can't believe it. So quit thinking that the recommendations of friends are all or nothing. Like, or if you took a recommendation and didn't like it, 
so what? I mean, honestly, and I, I want to wrap this up with just a, something about our faith. Because we are seriously getting to a point in culture. I mean, this is a culture shift where believers, okay, that the world is no longer tolerant of Christians. They're almost anti-Christian. And I think the last couple of years, I know I'm, I'm going, I'm not going as far as you think I am on this, but the last couple of years, it has almost been like a sifting, right? Like there's been a, a settlement of where you can find out, like, what were the preachers saying during COVID when the government said, shut your church? Or what was your church saying, you know, what pastors were saying, you know, about the money that churches were getting? Did you know that your church got money? Did they turn it down? Did they not? Like different things. But what, you know, where did your church stand on these values and these principles and and these social issues when all of this has been coming down? That has been a sifting process. I really, really think so. Because it is allowing us to kind of figure out and narrow down like the pastors that are speaking the word of Jesus and that say the whole Bible, not just the New Testament, is the inherent word of God. And with that being said, it is no surprise that it, I mean, and and it's always been. Okay, pastors are human, just like we are. They have temptations just like we do. There is not a pedestal that any of them are on. If you think that your pastor is above temptation and above sin, then you have completely lost. You think that that stage is a pedestal and it's not. Okay, we have to be reminded that pastors and people teaching about Jesus are sinners just like you and I. And if for some reason our pastor or the person that's teaching about Jesus is is saying that they're, you know, sin is not something that they struggle with or they don't ever talk about their flaws and imperfections, ask them questions. But I think that we have to remind people the non-believers, the people who are searching, the skeptics, the when we, they start to see some of these pastors fall, like there was one pastor in particular that comes to mind. And it was after he had passed away that it had come out that he was going to massage parlors, in quotation, and getting sexual favors from women. And then something came out about sexual, you know, not only just paying for it, but also then being some sexually harassment in in his ministry and his camp. Okay. He spoke a good word. He absolutely did. He was a guest pastor at my church in Dallas multiple times. I always really enjoyed his messages because he he spoke plainly and clearly about the Bible, things in the Bible. Okay. God can use whoever he want. Let's be clear. So what that pastor would say, he can use him however he wants. God can also use a non-safe person to bring you closer to him however he wants. 
just because he was using him to speak from as a pastor didn't exclude him from the ability to sin. Like, why on earth would we think that? And so then all of these these things that came out after he died, everybody was like, well, you know, oh my gosh, he did this things. Granted, those are high level sins. I mean, actually, I'm going to take that back. All sin, <laughs> all sin is sin. Okay? Like, there's not, there's only one that God really, really detests, and that's pride. Pride is above all sins. That's why Satan is Satan, because he thought um, that he should be God, a God, and uh, he's not, and he, all right, all that. But pride, pride is the highest sin, and everything else falls, falls underneath that. Now, granted, you, you, when you have pride and you murder somebody, there's pride in there when you murder somebody in the death too. Okay, so enough of that. So when we're talking to our friends who are non-believers or skeptics or people who are new in faith and they're like, well, this pastor was, you know, like of a mega church and he did this and this and then he all of a sudden this. Like, my question is, why are you basing your belief in Jesus on that instead of going to him directly there are some things that you don't need a recommendation on you don't need to take it for word of mouth or to like you don't so why are you determining whether Jesus is for you or not based on the sin of others hmm that doesn't make sense or why are you judging whether you should believe in Jesus based on the actions of a church or the church? That church doesn't agree with your lifestyle. Why are you doing that? Ah, y'all like truth is truth. Whether I like a restaurant or not, that's subjective. My best girlfriend can love this bottle of wine and I go, mm, it's okay. That's subjective. Truth is truth in the Bible, period. Who Jesus was is in the Bible, period. A church is a house full of sinners, period. Like, you don't get to decide. Yeah, sometimes taking somebody's word, you know, like the recommendation, well, should I believe in Jesus? Well, I really got hurt by this church one time, or... You know, I saw this mega church pastor. He was taking money for his private jet, and that just doesn't sit well with me. Okay. That has nothing to do with whether or not you believe in Jesus and what the Bible says. And just because, I know this is, you probably think this is a stretch, but just because your friend failed with that company, but you feel like, oh gosh, that would be a really good fit, but she didn't do so well in that company. Doesn't mean you're going to fail too. It doesn't. We have to quit judging our involvement or our potential experiences based off others' experiences too. There's a point of faith. Like if you really feel that God's leading to you, that faith is of believing in something unknown. That's taking the step. You got to do that. I mean, God, Jesus is not going to just say, well, you know, in your head, you're just going to hear him in your heart going, well, 
once you step into this company, it's going to, you're going to make thousands of dollars each month. And this is how I'm going to see your family financially. No, he may have that as a stepping stone for you and then have something completely else for you. But you have to take that first step. Who cares if your neighbor six houses down did the same business? And well, you know what? That was just a scam. And that's a pyramid scheme. And my sister lost thousands of dollars with that company. Granted, there's a part you got to be wise and discerning and knowing, okay, I've done my, my research of whether I'm going to get involved with this company or not. And this church, I'm going to get involved. But if you feel like God is putting you there, he's putting you there. You don't get to decide who hears your calling. It's not going, you're, you're going to have to go against the grain at some point. And as Christians, we all should be going against the grain. We all are at this point going against the current or should be moving in that direction and speaking up for those things and calling things out to accountability. My pastor sins. Your pastor sins. Fucker, I know. My faith's not in the church. My faith is in Jesus. The church is just people I get to love. Hmm. My faith is not in the opportunity. My faith is in Jesus and what he's calling me and the opportunity to do. All right. I don't think I can close it in a better way than that. So when you're praying and asking God for direction in your business, for who do I need to talk to? Who, you know, what direction do you want me to go? Where do you want me to focus? Is there something else I can be expanding my network on? I mean, first of all, are you having those conversations? Are you praying for your current teammates? Your future ones, your future customers? Are you, you know, or, or are you just asking God, what door do you want me to walk through? Because I don't know anymore. You can do that too. But don't not have the conversation with somebody because it's awkward or because they've already said no in your head. Don't do that. And don't, just like you don't prejudge the opportunity based on an experience or person, don't decide whether or not you believe in Jesus based on a church or a pastor's sins. He was perfect. None of us are. And we forget that sometimes. Have a great week, GBR family. I love you. I'm thankful for you. And I'm praying for you. Great session today. I'll see you back here next week. In the meantime, be sure to follow the real Shira on Instagram. And if you have any questions between this week and next week's session, be sure to email me at girlboss.rehab at gmail.com. And remember, God already factored in stupidity when he assigned us our mission and purpose. Mm-hmm.